purpose into our lives. So let's dive deeper into the role that God has called us to be. Relax, grab some tea, hey, and chat friends. Welcome to another episode of the Four Moms Podcast. Here will we help Here we help moms find peace and purpose while talking about all things postpartum and faith. We are here for you, sis, and we understand. So, okay, so y'all know last week we kind of just had like a mom chat. We just chilled, talked things up. We just kind of took a break from the different series in between series. So today we are starting our recovery series recovery series and in this series God really just told me he wants to talk about healing but in the different aspects so physically mentally um spiritually all of those good things and I feel like we kind of talked about the mental right with the mind shift series um from the past few weeks um but God really put this on my heart so I love it so we're going to talk about it and this is what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks Um, So today in our recovery series, I actually have one of my favorite people on, and I am really excited um, because she's going to be starting off our recovery series, and she is a trauma coach. And so without further ado, I'm not going to keep y'all like waiting to be like, who would be? Uh, (laughs) Let me give y'all a little bit of a bio. So Miss Elisha Mason, she is out of Delaware now. Y'all probably like, how you know somebody out of Delaware? Look, we met <laughs> at a podcast retreat. I'm sure y'all heard me talk about it plenty of times. If you're new on here, oh, I'm so sorry. If you're new, hi. Hi, Mount Friend. Welcome. Um, thanks for logging in. But if you're new, um, I went to a retreat last November, so almost a year ago. And uh, we met at the retreat. And us and some more of the ladies from there, we just really just kept in touch since. And it's just been amazing um, just learning more about her and just her journey and everything. So it's just been great. Um, but she is from Delaware. She is the mommy of two. She is a student studying for her master's degree. Um, and she is also the creator and the voice of My Sister's Glow, which is an organization and a podcast. We're going to talk more about that. I'm going to have her tell her more things about that. But the link is going to be in the bio for y'all to go to her podcast and just check it out. My Sister's Glow is a space for women to grow in their faith and motherhood through sisterhood. Y'all, she's all about unity, and I love it. Through the organization, Elisha has served over hundreds of women through local events, such as community baby showers, wellness events, known as Mamas and Wellness, as well as a multitude of social media engagements to promote wholeness in mothers and women. Her core is founded in Jesus Christ, Amen. And her favorite scripture is Jeremiah 29 and 11, as she likes to remind others that without Christ, she is nothing. So, Elisha, welcome to the show, boo. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm just 
like super excited <laughs> to have you on the show, of course. Yes. Okay. So tell us just a little bit more about, I kind of just gave like the brief overview of like what My Sister's Glow does, but um, tell us just a little bit more or anything you would like to share with us. So, um, you know, My Sister's Glow, you did a really good job capturing it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really just about the name My Sister's Glow is everything that like I stand for. Like for me, if I'm doing well, but you being my sister, I see that there's something I can do to help you glow, to shine your crown just a little bit more. I should absolutely do that because you're my sister. And there are times where it's not about me, but it's about me taking care of my sister, especially in a time where women and sisterhood is like sometimes like, especially on in the media and like on some of the shows, like the Real Housewives, which I do love, but they get so ratchet on there sometimes. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, I wanted to create a new message for us as women and um, as, a, as mothers. Yes, yes. So, y'all, Elisha, I like to call her Lady E, because uh, <laughs> Elisha be getting people together sometimes, too, okay? She is sweet as pie. I, I heard this somewhere. They were like, my aunt is sweet as pie, but she'll cut you. Like, <laughs> that's my Elisha. I was like, I love her. She is so sweet, but she is down for her people, okay? She is down for her people. but I think the greatest thing also with my sister's glow with your podcast and I've shared this with you before but I just love your vulnerability um I I truly believe if y'all think that me being on this podcast has been something me sharing my story I feel like in the last few months I've opened up even more because I've been so inspired by your vulnerability on her podcast she's the exact same well she's she's just so vulnerable she tells it how it is. She tells her emotions, her feelings, her story. And I just love it. So thank you so much, Boo, for just everything that you do. It's just great. It's inspiring. So love you so much. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. Yes. So in this recovery series, I mean, if you heard before, Elisha is a trauma coach. And so she helps women, mothers specifically, deal with their traumas of their past to have them um, I guess what you say, just be like um, better mothers presently, in a sense. Yeah. And so, um, and I say, and the word trauma can um, can be so, it can be so big. And, but it can also, it, it, it sounds so deep, which I mean, it is deep. Um, like, you know, it's, it's something that struck you deep. But I think it, it can also be like really broad. Because um, trauma and something that's really been popping up lately between um, us and some of the other mom friends has been um, the woman that bled for 12 years. Like mm-hmm. it could be a trauma with bleeding for 12 years and having this disease or the sickness on why this is happening. It could be a trauma from the mindset series, how I talked about um, going through that mental state of almost like a breakdown. And although it was like, it was one event where I broke down, it, it took a lot for me to recover from it. So Tell us just a little bit more about maybe your journey um, or any type of traumas that you've dealt with while also dealing with motherhood. Yeah, um, that's so good. And so just your your episode, um, uh, I can't remember the, the title of the episode, but the episode about where you basically like you had your breakdown and you had to like yeah. seek outside help. Um, that that level of vulnerability, like we need that. And I still, I know I already said it before, but I thank you again for sharing that because mm-hmm. it reminded me of a time that I had in my own life. Yeah. And if we're two moms that's sharing that, 
same experience. It had to be another mom somewhere sharing that same thing. Yeah. But I I digress. Um, (laughs) Some of the things that, one thing that really sticks out to me that I really, really went through um, that was traumatic is uh, I would say probably when I was having my second daughter, um, God really started to um, shift a lot of things in my life. I share on my show all the time that the relationship that I was in with my children's father was not healthy at all. It was like, we define toxic. Like if you Google toxic right now, it's probably a picture of me and my children's dad because it was just bad on so many levels, like spiritually, emotionally, like it was a hot mess. And so when I was pregnant with my second daughter, you know, like he was, he was doing him. You know, yeah. like, and a couple other people too. Yeah. And so <laughs> that was Love really her. traumatic. That was, that was really traumatic because I'm pregnant, right? And yeah. physically, I have, I was diagnosed with what they call hyperemesis. And, and if mm. people are listening to this, they don't know what hyperemesis is. Hyperemesis is like a condition that pregnant women can have. And it's like morning sickness times a thousand. So, like, it's normal for women to get sick during pregnancy, right? Like, we get nauseous, but, right, but (laughs) my sickness was so bad that I had to be hospitalized because I was losing so much fluid that I didn't have, I was becoming dehydrated. I didn't have enough to give me or the baby. So, aside from physically going through that, um, I was in college at the time. I was getting my bachelor's degree. I already had one child, my oldest daughter, who was five years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of big changes. Um, a lot of big changes at that time and a lot of transitions all having to deal with the emotional ups and downs of like, you know, this relationship in my life. Mm-hmm. So having to deal with all of that and then, you know, still be expected to show up, still expect to be a mom. Um, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was just a lot at one time. And for me, that was a very traumatic time in my life. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, I'm sure there are a lot of women that can relate to that. You hear about just people, celebrities even, you know, being pregnant and their man being out there, being out in the streets. And that does take an effect because you're like, we over here sacrificing our body. Um, You know, like you said, still trying to show up for work, school, being a mommy, and then you having the difficulties added to your pregnancy, which I'm sure a lot of moms out there can relate to that too. There are some times where it's like you were perfectly fine before your pregnancy. And then during pregnancy, all of these things happen. And, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. So it's just like, what is happening? But you still have to orchestrate and delegate and do all these different things. Like that can really take a lot out of your mental. So um, I understand, but I think the greatest thing to also see in that is that, um, well, actually, let me not. I'm going to ask you the question. So what was the first step? <laughs> what was the first step that you had that you had to figure out for yourself in order to heal? What was like that first, I don't want to say trigger, that sounds like a bad word, but what, like, what was that first like light bulb or like that click in your mind that you said, okay, I need to start healing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so. Thankfully, I feel like I had I have a I have a an advantage that I feel like a lot of people don't. So my mom mm-hmm. is a therapist, okay. and 
I'm in school to be a therapist. So I feel like I had a lot of know-how in my arsenal already to communicate. And a lot of us don't have that. But because I did have those advantages, um, I was real with my family about what was going on with me. Um, And I have really protective and supportive friends. So I did not have the support from my children's father during my pregnancy. I was hospitalized over 10 times. Um, during my pregnancy Um, and he never he was not he never came to the hospital with me but I had friends and even my co-workers my my co-workers at that time were so amazing Um, they would because I would have to leave work like I ended up having to be on disability at that time because I literally couldn't work because of this and I would try so hard to work I just wanted to be normal so bad but um, the first step like to making sure that I was okay with, I, I told the people around me, like, I'm not okay. I need help. This is what I'm feeling. I feel alone. I feel like I'm going through this by myself and I don't mm-hmm. like it. So um, that allowed my family, like my parents, they really stepped up when it came to my oldest daughter. Um, my siblings helped out a lot um, with helping me babysit, you know, because I was still in school throughout all of this. So um, and my daughter, my youngest daughter, well, both my daughters are cheerleaders, but at that time, I just had my oldest daughter that was living outside of my body. Um, yeah. <laughs> she was a cheerleader, so um, the cheer moms really helped a lot with her. Oh. It really took a community of people to carry me and my girls during that time yeah. because I was able to carry myself. And I stand on the fact that, like, letting people around me know that, like, I need you. I'm not okay, and I need you was very monumental in my healing I think you've said so much you said so much just in that answer I think the first thing kind of going back to what how I've spoken about just even how um, you are with your podcast the vulnerability I think that that's the greatest step that we have to take in talking and communicating to those around us of what's really happening in our lives I can say for myself I was just like no I'm good like I'm good yeah no I'm fine like, and I would just keep, I'm just going to keep going through the motions. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And I, but I, I remember talking to my cousin a while after I had my daughter and I asked her, I was like, how are you doing? Like, you know, after having, cause our daughters are literally like a month apart. And I was mm-hmm. like, how are you doing everything like that? And she was like, oh, I should have told people like people at work. How are you doing? I'm not myself today. I'm not well. Like she was like, I told everybody around me how I was feeling. I was like, girl, I was not that vulnerable. <laughs> and at that time, I wasn't. But I wasn't. I was just, I'm shutting. I'm, I was shutting up. I was doing my job. I was over here. I was over there. But that really backfired on me. I really just had, you know, emotional blowups, and I would yeah. just shut down, or I would over um, exaggerate certain things, and so. I think that's so important with the vulnerability piece. And then you talking about just feeling alone. Again, I'm sure <laughs> every mom listening to this is just like me, like me, I guess. I feel that way. And then I love how you're just talking about your community, the cheer moms and your parents. I was like, oh, community is just so important. It's just so important. That support is so important. I can even say at 30 years old, we're both 30. At 30 years old, I really feel like as many people as I have known in my life thus far, it's like the people I meet as I get older, those relationships seems like they're of more quality. I still have some people from back in the day I keep in touch with, but it's not like, you know, whenever you were little, you had like 30 friends. 
And then I was like, <laughs> and, I was like, now that I'm 30, it's like, I got some, I got, I got a good core. <laughs> I yeah. got a good core of people. And it's just like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that. I love that you had so many people around you. And so what did, so just kind of going off with that, really communicating with people. So what did your healing journey look like from there? Oh man. So it was all over the place. I, I, <laughs> one thing that I would want the ladies listening to to know this and a reminder to myself because as long as you're alive, you're going to go through stuff. Like, that's just what it is. Amen to that. You're going to have mountaintops, you're going to have valleys. Um, but healing is never linear. And what I mean by that is, mm. like, I feel like we, especially as moms, right? We function off of a schedule one, two, three, four. We don't want to go four, three, two, one because that messes up our whole day. But that's what healing a lot of the time looks like. Healing is, looks like being in denial one day, accepting where you are the next day, being mad the following week, going back to being in denial because you can't believe that you are where you are. It's Mm. all over the place. Like you move in and out of these stages at various times. So my healing journey was, all over the place um some days were great some days i did not want to get out of bed but Mm -hmm. the thing that was consistent is that and i i prayed even when i didn't have the words to pray yeah so what that would look like for me practically is like I talk to God like I talk to everybody else. You know, have I have a little bit of ratchetness, you know. <laughs> but I talk to Jesus like I talk to anybody else. I'm like, God, I'm not feeling it. You know, I ain't feeling it. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not feeling your kids down here. They got me messed up, and <laughs> they tried me today. <laughs> they tried me today. Um, even if that was all I could say, or the the um the days where I just laid in bed and cried. Um, I would just cry and be like, God, I feel like I can't do this. I need you. God, I need to feel you here with me right now because I don't feel like I can make it. So prayer was the one consistent thing in my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to put that in a more practical way to make more sense of it is that I constantly communicated with my tribe. You know, it's just my sister's love. That's what I'm big on. Yeah. Find your tribe. Like, find your tribe. Stick with your tribe because it really takes a community of people to support you. I think as moms, we have this idea that we got to have it all together all the time. We mm-hmm. need to look like we know what we're doing even when we don't. Yeah. Now, we're going to dismantle that. Between my mm-hmm. podcast and your podcast, we're going to dismantle Okay. <laughs> we're going to dismantle We breaking barriers. What is that? Breaking glass ceilings. Come on. <laughs> so definitely find your tribe and communicate, even if that's just one other person, even if that's your doctor, even if that's your therapist, if you have one, like tell at least one other person what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Aside from finding my tribe, I was consistently in prayer. I was in communication with God. Because people will, even with finding your tribe, the reality is is that at times your tribe may fail you because people will fail you. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is like, you know, Allison, we homegirls and everything, but listen, when you up three o'clock in the morning and you can't sleep, call Jesus first. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you that right now. What you said, don't call me. (laughs) Call Jesus first. If you absolutely need me, then call me and we'll pray together. 
Well, go on the Lord first. Don't wait for her. Y'all see why I love her. Don't wait first. And if you feel like you can't get through, then call me. We'll call it together. Yeah, but, right. you know, people will fail you. So get your tribes in place. Keep your faith at the front of everything that you do. And then, like, make sure you take care of you. As a mom, we put ourselves on the back burner. We get, like, I feel like I used to feel so guilty for doing things for me. Mm. Like, for, for instance, I'm of something simple. You in the store, you like, you know what? I'm going to take this time for me. You go to the store, you decide you're going to buy you a cute little fit for you because you deserve it, mama. And yeah. you walk right in the children's place and they're having a 70% off sale. Child, that be it. Now, the money that you budgeted for you, you done spent it on little Johnny and little Susie who already got 20 pairs of shoes. And you still wearing the same shoes in 2013 because... Father God. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But that's what I mean by, like, putting yourself first. Like, and even if yeah. it means... Even if it doesn't look like going out and go shopping or whatever, putting yourself first can mean take a walk. Even if it's 15 minutes, take that walk. Get outside walk and get some fresh air. Yeah. Journal. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, write a journal. I keep a journal. Like, even if it's I'm just scribbling and writing random thoughts in there, keep a journal. But do something to take care of yourself. So, for me, that's what my healing journey looked like. Having a community of people that love me, keeping God first, and constantly taking care of myself. I like that. I like that. And I think also, because you also with with your My Sisters Glow, your your business, you also have offer different resources to moms as well. So can you kind of talk about the different resources that you offer? And actually, to get into your resources, can you tell the story of how you after you had your second daughter, and you went to the doctor, Mm -hmm. and you stated how they asked you all those questions, and Mm -hmm. how you replied to them? And then she made a resource after I'm, y'all y'all don't see what I'm talking about, but she made a resource <laughs> off of this story. So if you if you don't go with mine, go ahead and just break that down for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the story is is that after, and this is after I went through all the hot mess and the pregnancy with my second baby girl. Um, I I believe in my heart that I had postpartum depression, but I was undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. So, um, after having my daughter, just to give like some context to the story, I had, I graduated from college on time, by the way, y'all. Hey. Um, yeah. So I got, I had this baby girl. So I now have two kids. Um, I'm single, but I graduated from college and I got my own apartment all within 30 days of having my second child. So Ooh. outside looking in, that seems like big accomplishments. Like I was, you know, like, and it was like definitely, um, blessed. But yeah. it was a lot of transitions at one time. Yeah. And I had just had a baby. Girl. And it was hard. So I remember, um, and they, my, what they had, well, the old folks, they call it, uh, my baby had colic. You know, have you ever heard that? Yeah. Um, yes. She was the most unhappiest little baby for like she would just scream and cry but that probably had a lot to do with what I went through in my pregnancy too but Mm. she would scream and scream and scream and like some days that like y'all I would just lay the baby in her I remember like laying her in her crib and like I would just lay on the floor beside the crib and she would cry and I would cry because that's not I just couldn't do it you know what I mean that's hard yeah, I had a I had a friend with that had a, a colicky baby, and she was just like, I put him in his crib, and I had to just go outside because just hearing him cry mm-hmm. consistently was driving me crazy. And 
she was like, I just had to go outside and just get myself together. So I, I understand. I yeah, understand. It was, it was a really scary time because mm-hmm. it got to the point where like, so my daughter, who's a newborn, newborns cry. Um, her, her cries began to trigger me. Like I would instantly mm. feel anxious and overwhelmed so much that, and I'm, I promise I'm gonna make this full circle so much that yeah. even now that my daughter is three, happy go lucky kid. Even when she's whiny and crying now, when I hear her cry, I feel it in my body. Like I feel me yeah. being triggered because it reminds me of when she used to scream and cry as a she's baby. A baby, yeah. Yeah, like I have a handle on it now. I know how to handle it. I know how to soothe soothe her. I know how to soothe myself. Um, but during that ooh, time, ooh, that was good. Soothe yourself. Oh, that was good. Right there, there. Soothe yourself. Yes. During that time, um, this was all before my six week checkup. So long story short, I went to the doctor, and they ask you a whole bunch of questions. Like you know, if you have children, you've been to the doctor. Um, they ask you all these questions, and so some of the questions sound similar to this. Like um. Are you safe at home? Yes. Uh, do you want to harm yourself? No. Do you want to harm your children? No. Do you want to kill yourself? No. Do you want to kill your children? No. Okay, well, all checks out. And I was like, well, but I don't feel my exact words. I don't feel safe when I'm alone with my children. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Mason, that's just the baby blues. And because I didn't fit into this checklist, because I didn't want to kill nobody, because I didn't want to hurt nobody, yeah, I didn't fit into this box that says, oh, she needs help, she needs support. And that day, my doctor proceeded to let me leave his doctor's office with my two children. And I lived, I lived 30 minutes away from where my doctor was. So had it not been for the grace of God, what could have happened to me and my children between that visit and the 30 minute ride home? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like what could yeah. have happened at night? What happens when, you know what I mean? I'm telling, I said to this man, I don't feel safe when I'm alone with my children. I don't like how I feel. I feel out of control. I don't, I feel like I'm not even in control of how I respond to my children. Mm-hmm. Again, by the grace of God, I had never done anything to harm myself or my children. But at that point, I knew it was up to me to be responsible for my own, like, mm-hmm. help and, you know, and be responsible for my own self. So I said all that to say, <laughs> three years later, I decided that, um, particularly mothers of color, I, I did some research, moms of color, we are twice as likely to suffer from postpartum depression Mm-hmm. And we're also twice as likely to not receive the help for it. And that's many factors that could play into that, such as cultural factors. Or you could have the mom like myself who went to the doctor and because she doesn't fit in on a checklist, she mm-hmm. doesn't get the help she needs. There's also this whole thought of uh, black women are strong. Yeah. And we are, but it doesn't mean that we should be put, our strength should be put to the test, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, that's when I created the Melanin Mama Box because I wanted resources that could come right to a mom on her front door. So this is by no means, it's not a replacement for a therapist or a mental health specialist whatsoever, but it's more of a, a reminder that you matter. It's okay if you're not okay. And then I send like a resource card of like, 
this is who you go to if you need help. This is a resource. This is a hotline of call. These mm-hmm. are things that you can do to remember to take care of yourself and make yourself feel good. So in the box, there's a t-shirt that says, um, Melon and Mamas Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, there is a coffee mug. And you put whatever you want in your coffee mug, sis. No Come judgment. On. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, okay? No no judgment of what goes in your coffee mug. But there's a co- coffee mug. There is um, an affirmation jar. And the affirmations, I handwrite those affirmations. And they are anywhere um, from, sis, you lit. That's like the city girl side of me. To, you are a Proverbs 31 woman. And everything in between. Because <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> that's how we're made up. We're, you know, we are complex women. Yes. So the affirmations are handwritten from me to these ladies um, to encourage them. And the point of the affirmation jar is that when you're feeling less than you with tears in your eyes, you pull out those things and you read them to yourself till it becomes your truth. So you mm-hmm. believe it. Um, so what else is in there? So there's a journal in there because I'm big on journaling. Even if you got to mm-hmm. scribble or just make uh-uh. stick figures, whatever make you feel good, you write yeah. in the as a safe place. Um, there's resource cards in there. I mentioned that. There is also, um, oh, a body scrub. So there's a homemade mm-hmm. body scrub in there. And I, I like the body scrub because a good place to use it is like if you're taking like a tub bath and you mm-hmm. use this body scrub, it is really, really good for your skin, but it feels so good. Um, and so these are all reminders for moms to remember to take care of themselves, to celebrate their motherhood, um, especially as a black and brown mom, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we are the forgotten number. So this Melon and Mama box, the, the purpose of it is to have a resource that comes straight to your front door. And, mm-hmm. and also as a reminder that it's okay if I need to get help. So that's how that came about. Yes, look, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I love what you're talking about, the resources now. Kind of just expanding from that, y'all have heard us talk about different resources as well. Seeing a therapist, um, talking to your different friends. Um, and you may have to get even more conventional, maybe seeing a psychiatrist. There have been moms that, have been, you know, you need to, be on, need to be put on medication to kind of start feeling well as well. Don't... Um, don't put a limit to your healing. Let me mm-hmm. say that. Don't put a limit to your healing. Don't say I can do it, which I think, um, I think it's okay for you to first say, maybe after you go through something, you want to start your healing. If you want to take baby steps, I think that's okay, but don't put a limit on your healing. Like mm-hmm. you, um, are able to do so much and you can do so much more, but sometimes like you were saying, either we're put in a box or we put ourselves in a box. Yeah. Either there's a checklist that we don't fall into so we don't need the help or we feel like because we haven't reached this catastrophic moment in our life then mm-hmm. oh I don't need help yet no no no. even if like you were saying you just don't feel safe even if you're just having um abnormal abnormal I was gonna say not normal abnormal thoughts yeah yeah that's good <laughs> even if you're having abnormal thoughts just about yourself or those around you it's okay to seek help then and um and what I've been talking about, even within the Mind Shift series, is do, like you were saying, the affirmations. You can do different things, find out different ways to inspire yourself, mm-hmm. whether it's visual, whether it's listening to something, um, taking some affirmations out of a jar, speaking these affirmations. These different things will truly, truly help you. Thank you for sharing that. And I, 
again, y'all, I, I love that story because I love how she turned that problem and that situation into something greater. And now it's helping so many women, so many women um, with these resources. And so um, I was going to ask why you think it's so hard for some mom friends to get the help they need, but I really think you stated it. Like you said, we sometimes we put ourselves in a box. Sometimes we do these things that um, sometimes we don't feel like we need the help until something great happens, but it's okay. So um, now I know you also with your um, My Sister's Glow, you also have support for single moms as well, as you were stating. After you mm -hmm. had your second daughter, you were a single mother, you had this apartment, everything was happening. So what are maybe some extra support tips or extra tips maybe for our single moms out there that you can really give because um, I don't want moms to think that because you have a spouse like she got a spouse like she's good like you know she ain't got no problems it's like no <laughs> it happens on both sides but I know for single moms that there is an extra layer um, that's kind of just added to your plate that you you know, weren't probably weren't expecting to be at. So is there any other different support tips you can give to maybe our single moms out there? I know it's gonna help moms, period, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I would say like the first thing that I would say, like as a trauma coach, as um, I don't really know what to even call myself. So like I'm not I'm not a single mom, but like I'm not married yet either. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Jesus. I got it. That's so. The first thing is is um, stop your single motherhood is not a curse. That's the first thing. Like so, I, I like I know this is about re recovery and this is about you know moving forward. So the, the first thing that I would say is to um, shift your mind. I know sometimes like you know we look at single motherhood and it wasn't necessarily our in our plan. It wasn't. Um, our intention to be single mothers but that's cool because that's where we at right now so change even the language so instead of referring to yourself as a single mother i'm a mother who's not yet married like just by simply changing the language on that can help shift your mindset so that would be the first thing i would say like don't look at your single motherhood as a curse and don't look don't look at yourself as a victim so aside from shifting your mindset um and make your being intentional with that i would say to um be intentional about every other sector of your life so as single moms you know sometimes we have to be a little bit more intentional with how we spend our money we have to be a little bit more intentional with how we spend our time um be like every day every moment choose to have a greater life and a greater day than mm -hmm. you did yesterday um i know at times in my single motherhood i felt hopeless I felt like it wasn't fair, but that's why it's so important to heal. And that's part of the reason why I decided to go into trauma coaching is because I really wanted women to like live their best life. And also like, you know, Allison, something that you said earlier, I, I, I forgot when we were texting, could have been this morning, could have been yesterday. Either I'm way, right. <laughs> it's the importance of like not bleeding everywhere. And mm. so to give a visual representation, like if you had a cut on your arm and it was bleeding, would you then place that arm on your children so that blood could get on your kids? Probably mm. not. But when we don't heal emotional trauma, when we don't heal trauma from our childhood, when we don't heal from that broken relationship, we end up bleeding on our children. 
Because if you're not careful, because I know for me, like in, in my single motherhood journey, you know, the person that I had children with, he's not always consistent. So I then could have the option to, yo daddy this, yo daddy that, he trashed, da 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 da. I could do that or whatever. I could sit on the phone and talk to my girlfriends like, girl, I'm sick of my baby daddy. He this, he that or whatever. And if he would just do this for the kids and everything, I would have this, this, and this. And like, although I may not be saying this directly to my kids, my my children are hearing that. I'm putting that in their Mm. atmosphere. That's bleeding on them. I don't want my girls to grow up feeling like they can't trust a man based off of the experiences that I had. I don't want them growing up seeing their father in a negative light, despite whatever truths or, or not happen between he and I. They don't need that, not as little girls. So it's really important to to heal yourself and to be intentional about your recovery. Be intentional about your healing. You have to decide that you need to heal and you're going to take your own healing serious. Because I, I feel like if you could listen to a million podcasts, you can go to a therapist 20 times a day. Until you apply those things to your life, nothing's mm-hmm. going to change until you decide that it needs to change. Yeah, yeah, and that's, <clears throat> and that's very true. It's um, I think that's kind of like, and this is just totally left field, but I think that's kind of like a person that has an addiction and you keep taking them to the rehab center, but it's not until that person says, I need to heal, that mm-hmm. those efforts are really going to be, um, what's the right word? Those efforts are really going to be taken. Yeah. Those efforts mm-hmm. are really going to be taken. And so, but I, I love how you said that. It's just like, if, if you were cut, you wouldn't proceed to bleed over your kids. You would do what you needed to do to fix that wound at at that time. And mm-hmm. even if it was maybe a wound that took a little bit longer to heal, you're still focused on the healing of that wound um, and what needs to happen. And I'm telling you this, this woman of, of 12 years, I don't know why she keep popping up, but she do. Okay. She was bleeding for 12 years, y'all. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure during that time she had lost hope. I'm sure okay. during that time she had thoughts, uh, she had abnormal thoughts. She probably felt alone because during the Bible times, okay, you had any certain type of disease, you were like exiled. You were shunned. Isolated, yes. You were isolated, okay? Didn't nobody want to be around you or nothing. Mm-hmm. She had went to different doctors. She had spent her monties, okay? All her monties were spent on different, girl, all of it on different doctors. And it wasn't until she had the shift of saying, of thinking like, hmm, here's this, here's this man, Jesus. I'm going to try him. It wasn't until she thought he can heal me that it really, that everything truly changed in her life. And y'all, we've been listening to this, uh, (laughs) we listened to this episode yesterday and I listened to Pastor Steve Furtick today and I was like, it's just, all of this just keeps coming back. That's why I keep mentioning y'all because I feel like it's for a reason. So if if, if that was confirmation for somebody, amen, okay? (laughs) And sis, if you don't mind me saying, um, because you, I know you're talking about the resources, but one of the reasons why I came up with like the Wife Life webinar. Come on, talk about it. I wanted to, I wanted to really talk to women because like, like, okay, for example, like when you and I first met, like you were, you, you're still married. I wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the automatic assumption was that like, her life, your life was perfect and put together because you have kids, you have a husband, and life all put together. And me, I'm just a baby mama. And then it's like, mm. as we got to know each other, like we dealt with some of the same battles, we dealt with yep. some of the same struggles. 
And yeah. it's just like, you know, some of the things that like God started to show to me is that first of all, we're already wives. Yeah. The Bible says a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Meaning that when he come when your boo, when your husband find you, you already are a wife. So that yeah. means that it's a character, it's a mind it's a mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and then mm-hmm. like as far as like the wedding, that's a formality of feeling the deal like you know making it known to everybody else but you my mom friend <laughs> as you say Allison Come you are, <laughs> it doesn't matter if your ex didn't see your worth it doesn't matter if those relationships didn't work in the past the, like none of that doesn't matter who you are mm-hmm. you have to, if you're not already in that wife position you need to get into that position because God called us to be wives yeah he called us to be wives and so like I came up with wife life because like you said, I feel like people, we treat our physical injuries. And that's also why I'm a trauma coach is because like nobody wants to talk about how, you know, they didn't have their mom or their dad growing up. Nobody wants to talk about the addictions that they battle. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to talk about the fact that they didn't want to live at one point. Nobody wants to talk about that. But if we get a cut on our arm, we would go to the doctor and get an antibiotic to make sure that we didn't get an infection. Why are we not doing the same thing with our souls? Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like somebody mm-hmm. gotta be willing to, if if God forbid, like if you were had to have COVID symptoms right now, you're gonna get, get tested, right? Because mm-hmm. you're scared. Like <laughs> you're scared. You don't know what to think of this COVID. You don't know what to think of this pandemic. You're gonna go get tested. But when you see yourself being on edge, when you see the fact that you're still triggered. You won't go get help for that. Why is that? We got to start taking our mental health a lot more serious than what we do, especially as mothers, because as you, you know, you know, the Four Moms Pat, uh, podcast, we, you talk about how God called us to be moms. Yeah. He added another level of like purpose. Y'all know the intro. He added another <laughs> level of purpose. Okay. You know, like... <laughs> And where there's purpose, there's preparation. Come on. Come we on. Be better as moms. Like, it's too many bomb moms. I know it's a couple lit mommies listening to this podcast. Come right? on. Come and, on. And in the same place for too long. Sis, you've been settling for, for less than what God has for you for too long. You've been in that toxic relationship for too long. You've been holding that unforgiveness for too long. It's time to heal. You got to take your recovery serious. Ladies and gentlemen, Elisha Mason for you, okay? <laughs> I'm going to stop showing off, but I just really felt yeah. that. It's yeah. Time it's time. Yeah, yeah. And I'll also put the link for her wife's life. Event. It's going to be September the 17th. Okay, 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. And, um, yeah, I'll also put that in there as well. Because I am, I know it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome event. And it's for you guys, okay? So it's going to be great. Um, so last but not least, before we leave, you always have your Glow Mama nominations. Um, mm-hmm. And so what that is on her podcast, you guys, um, the listeners can fill out a form to nominate a friend or a family member, a co-worker, any type of mom friend that they have um, to nominate for a Glow Mama. And she reads it on her podcast. So I want to play like a little bit of a game with you. And um, so who would you nominate for your Glow Mama? And I have some different characteristics here. These could be like celebrities or maybe uh, somebody you know, or a, um, I don't know, person from the past, future, whatever. 
And okay, so I'm, I'm gonna do a couple of them. So who would you nominate for Glow Mama for self image? Definitely Auntie Michelle Obama because Come on! them arms. <laughs> Because she's so lit, like she's so cute, you know what I mean? And like yes. Auntie done been through a lot being the first lady and everything. You know, she done been ridiculed and everything, but you don't never catch Auntie slipping. Like even when she throwing shade and reading somebody, it's done so eloquently. So I feel like we can all learn something from Auntie Michelle. <laughs> come on, come on. Okay, so who would be your Glow Mama nomination for peace? For peace. Um Hmm, that's a good one. I had even though I got the questions ahead of time, y'all. I hadn't thought about this one. Uh, <laughs> for peace, for peace. I would, you know what? I would have to our girl G. Yes. So G, G is, is a gangster, but um, <laughs> she's a gospel gangster. But G is like. You ain't gonna come up in here and disturb my peace, okay? I got the peace that's all understanding, and ain't nobody about to yeah. mess that up. So yeah. I would have to say G. I feel like when when I'm riled up, I know I can call G. She gonna bring like Look, G. My storm, yeah. G was another mom friend we met at the podcast last year, and um, again, we just really just grew as we left that um, as we left the retreat, but. Yeah, G is, <laughs> G is good. Like you said, she a gospel gangster, though. She'll get you all the way together. But at the same time, she's like, paused. <laughs> right, okay. You are not disturbing her. <laughs> not at all. Okay, I'm going to do two more. So who is your Glow Mama nomination for endurance? Um, I would nominate my mother for endurance. Um, That's my girl. That's, we have a really good relationship with my mom, but she's... um. My mother has defied a lot of odds in her lifetime. So, um, and she just doesn't seem to lose her spunk. So I feel like, you know, she would be my glow mama for endurance. Yes. Come on for the mom. Come on for mama. Okay. And last one. So who would be your glow mama nomination for courage, um, courage or strength? Um, I would have to say my, um, my cousin's mom, Miss Lois, um, my cousin was recently um, murdered on August 8th. And yeah. um, so between her and his fiance, um, for courage and strength, mm-hmm. I, would, I would definitely nominate them um, at my cousin's funeral. For You know, they have all the reasons in the world to be sad and to be crying, yeah. but instead they chose to praise God in his funeral. Mm-hmm. And that was by far the most beautiful thing I have ever seen is that when they could and should be grieving they chose to praise god so that took a lot of courage and strength in my book yeah i definitely love um home celebrations in that way because it's you know we all we all get caught up in those moments i also had um a cousin a while ago who was um murdered and it was um it was tragic on on both sides um Mm -hmm. but his siblings were so strong his siblings were so strong, and I think they gave the most inspiring message, most encouraging message out of everybody, and it was just amazing. So, um, yeah, having that strength at those times where you should be low to say, no, but I'm going to stand high and keep my head held high, by far, by far, because yeah. I, I look at them, I'd be like, I don't, 
I, I don't know. I don't look. I'm, I'm laid. I'm over here laid out on the pew. Like I don't. I, I don't know. If I understand. Well, thank you so much, Boo, for joining us today. I'm just. Oh, I'm so excited. I think this is really gonna bless people, and um, it's just going to be amazing. So I really appreciate you coming on our podcast. Like I said, you guys, all the links for Elisha, her Instagram. I'm gonna put the Wife Life event as well as her podcast are all gonna be below, so y'all can stay connected with her and just. Um, learn more and more about her. Um, anything you want to say before you log off, Boo? No, thank you so much for having me. This was such an honor and a privilege um, to be on your platform and to hang out with you this morning. I had such a good time. Yay! Well, thank you, ladies, so much for listening, and we hope that you have a good one. Bye.